another episode of Brain Milk. We got a special guest right now who doesn't want to be named, but uh, we'll call her Chester. Chessie for short. Chessie for short. All right. What's the topic of today? Anatomy. A little bit of anatomy with Chester. All right, Chessie, uh, I believe you cut open dead bodies frequently throughout uh, the workday. Is that correct? I do that for my pastime. And I also get paid for it. Okay. So more, more than just a hobby. Yeah, I love it. It's right. Fun. You know, in the old days, Leonardo da Vinci, I think, dug up dead bodies. Are you interested in that? We started from grave robbing. That's where anatomy came from. Okay, yeah. Because when you didn't have access to bodies, you would take them. I only do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you liking about anatomy? I love everything about anatomy. Uh, my favorite thing, though, is that everyone looks exactly the same on the inside, but everything looks different. So at the same time, you've seen one liver, you've seen one liver. Seen one kidney, you've seen one kidney. None of them look exactly the same. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Oh, the weirdest thing I've ever seen is, hmm, we saw testicles on top of a penis. On so top of a penis? So it developed reversed. Well. So the penis was behind the testicles, which is very unusual. Yeah. Um, and you imagine what they, they died at like 80, so they went through life like that. Must have been a surprise when for they uh, some sexual partners. Hey? I don't know if they were married. We maybe that was that the first penis they ever saw. <laughs> they just, maybe, maybe his wife thought that's how they were supposed to be. <laughs> maybe they didn't know they had a penis. Never maybe. saw it. Never looked underneath <laughs> the testes. <laughs> surprise! Yeah. Whose balls are big. <laughs> Now, uh, I recently saw an anatomy lab, and it was kind of interesting, because really when you're opening up people, it just looks kind of like a like a chicken, like you're eating yeah. a chicken wing or something. You see the little pieces of fat, kind of like purplish. Like beef to me. To beef? Okay. Yeah, it usually does. How fresh are your corpses? You, <laughs> 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 you know, medium rare. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think it looks like meat, because it is meat. Um, if you ever look at the ribs, that's when it gets weird. Because if you eat cow's ribs, you can actually peel them apart and see the layers that you see on a human being. And it's all the same stuff. exactly the same, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. Exact same stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly <laughs> like cows. Right, yeah. <laughs> I believe you said something about, uh, you know, people have uh, different, sometimes different nerves or veins or something in different places. Oh, and yeah. And so sometimes you find uh, medical oddities, I guess. Yeah, we call them aberrant branches or an anomaly. Um, and it happens a lot of times. What we've been seeing recently that I think is really cool is people, we think it's because of their occupations usually, people with jobs where they use their hands a lot, they develop extra muscles and tendons oh. to little fingers and stuff. Um, and we've recently found this weird, well, I don't know how many other people have seen it. I'm sure they have. Um, we found this muscle that runs transversely around the Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. It's very small, very thin. Can't figure out what it does. Maybe assistant jumping. We have and that's in a lot of people? Like, you just, just that's, that's a recent... Just seeing it this past two years more and more and more. Because every time you're... Is it because you know what to look for? Yeah, it's not okay. supposed to be there. Okay. So it's just been showing up. In a few people or everybody? I've seen it in probably... Uh, if I can make up a percentage. Because all of statistics... Oh, yeah. All our facts right. here at this podcast <laughs> are made up. Um, so <laughs> I think in probably about 50% of people. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
Now, uh, do the what what makes the muscle creation of the tendon creation? Because I know like guitar players, you basically like tear your tendon from your fingers apart so that they can move separately. Is it a similar idea with like hardworking people using their I hands? I think well, a lot of the little muscles, and this is something I teach my students, is it dep a muscle gets strength if it only crosses one joint. So if it only exists in one area, it's very strong. If it mm -hmm. crosses two joints, it loses strength but gains dexterity. Hmm. So you can, it's almost like long and lean versus short and strong. Um, so it totally depends what they're doing. Okay. Makes you wonder if that like, uh, those muscles on the heel and stuff, if that's like some old trait from our common ancestors. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, everybody, and, and anyone can do this <coughs> test where you bring your thumb and your pinky together, and then you kind of flex your wrist. That's bringing your wrist towards your body, and you can see if you have a little tendon that pops out. If you have that tendon, that's your palmaris longus tendon. That's what they think. If you have it, you're less evolutionarily evolved because it helps with grip strength. So it attaches to this kind of tendinous aponeurosis, we call it, that helps you grip things. So you're better at opening jars because you're also better at swinging from vines, mm. but you're less evolved because people have lost yeah. it. Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody with a tail? <laughs> no, but they do exist. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I haven't seen that. Yeah. No, um, I was talking to some medical <laughs> students and uh, they were, you know, when the, you learn about the body and you're going to the anatomy lab and dissecting... Um, they have the phrase, when in doubt, cut it out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that? that's our favorite phrase yeah. to hear. <laughs> what they don't know is that when in doubt, you cut it out. We'll go find something harder that you haven't seen mm -hmm. um, and test you on it. So don't do that. Okay. None of you do that. <laughs> For all of you listeners who are working on your own uh, dead yeah. bodies. <laughs> well, you telling me something interesting one time. You were saying that it's because people have sometimes, like, nerves and, like, veins in different places is actually really good if you're going to get surgery they do ultrasound yeah. to like look in there and make sure that if you have a normal surgery like in your hand or something that you don't have a weird nerve that a surgeon might mm -hmm. accidentally cut because he's not expecting it there right so a lot your hand on your palm is made up basically of two nerves innervated so let <clears throat> you do all of your hand movements so what can happen and we've seen it actually i've seen it three times which isn't that much um, your median nerve, which is... How many bodies your... have you cut really quick? Just <laughs> estimate. <laughs> I have no idea. It's a, a 300 and some... 300 different bodies? Like that. Maybe wow. more, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you've, seen, you've seen this maybe three times out of yeah, like 300 Yeah, three out of 300. Wow. So not that often. Uh, but we see this nerve come up. It's not supposed to be there, and it goes over the wrist, so over your carpal tunnel. Uh, and it's too superficial. It's too close to the skin. And if you don't know it's there and you're a hand surgeon, you can easily cut it. You could injure yourself quite easily if it's very, very superficial. Mm -hmm. Scrape it. Now you have a nerve injury. Now you've lost innervation to your thumb. Wow. So it's kind of crazy. Um, and that's why I said every, every time you see an organ, you see a body, they're never the same. Mm -hmm. They're always a little bit different. Which is what I love about it. Well, you said one time they're, they're even different colors, right? They are different, <laughs> different colors. Different shades and hues. Well, there's this thing called race. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's it's a part of the embalming process. So when we basically we pickle the human beings so that they don't go bad. Um, when we do that, it depends what chemical you use. And if you use a lot of phenol, they actually turn quite pink. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it totally depends on the basically the diffusion of the chemical. If it doesn't diffuse all the way you do get rot, so, and they will look a different color. They might look more realistic 
mm-hmm. because they're less embalmed. Like when people come in, and I've only seen this a couple times, where they do the embalmment. Pre-embalmment, it's really weird mm-hmm. because you still have softness. And when yeah. you have softness, when you move somebody that's dead that still has stuff inside of them, because you don't die empty, you don't just evacuate everything in your body, it stays in there. So if you move them around, they can do things that make them appear, appear alive. So mm-hmm. like they can vomit or they can oh, poop. Yeah. Um, so we usually put them in diapers. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It is a little gross. Um, but they're still soft. And so like for a surgeon practicing Mm -hmm. something, they, you'd want something soft. You'd want something that appears more real. Cause if you think about surgery and this is why I don't want to be a doctor (laughs) and power to you guys, especially surgeons. Cause I dissect, I open up, I know where things are. I've seen hearts and lungs all day. But it, it would be a totally different story if they were moving. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you can't just put someone to sleep and stop their breathing and stop everything. Everything's still moving when mm-hmm. they do surgery. Yeah. Which is incredible to me because there's so many little things that are going on and so many nerves that are around that area you could ruin. When blood's still flowing through all the veins. And there's blood. So. That's a very big difference between being an anatomist teaching anatomy and yeah. real human beings is the blood's gone. Or it's congealed so you yeah. don't really see it. We owe a lot of uh, science to those uh, grave robbers, like the 1600s, yeah. you know, the Renaissance times. Now, uh, now you're thinking about donating your body for the same thing, right? For I am going to donate medical, my body. Medical research. 100%. <laughs> um, but I've seen what medical students do to a body. And I love you guys. Uh, but sometimes you don't take care of it really well, and sometimes you mess up some things. So I want to help. So when I die, and I'm putting this in my will, I'm going to tattoo instructions all over my body, some pictures included, and then also some questions like, hey, why did this hurt all the time? Go check it out. See what happened. Maybe I left you a surprise in there. You don't know. Yeah, you've been eating glitter for the last <laughs> month of your life. You've got a glitter Wouldn't bomb waiting for the med students. great experience if you opened up and you accidentally cut the colon and glitter came out yeah i think that'd be exciting for them you, you know i'm just trying to yeah. be a good teacher swallow yeah. swallow like scrolls with like the answers to conspiracy theories oh, or something that'd be great implant some yeah. things yeah. jeffrey epstein was a murder <laughs> gonna scroll <laughs> moon landing was fake yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right but yeah i'm i'm gonna donate i think it's fun to I don't, I don't know what happens when you die, but I'm really hoping I can watch yeah. and haunt a little bit. Haunt. Haunt. Yeah. haunt <laughs> Have an involuntary <laughs> little muscle spasm. Yeah. Just slap little movement. Yeah. Did that move? I don't know. Right. Keep them on their toes. Yeah. Keep them guessing. Yeah. In a way, you know, you live on in the Blow student's in memory. <laughs> Give them a quick wet willy. Yeah. <laughs> or like, well, yeah, just shard all over things. That's what I go for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my last meal to be very filling if you catch my drift. <laughs> oh my gosh, so there is this thing, speaking of filling, there's this thing called megacolon, and it really does exist. So it's, it's a problem because the colon gets very small in one area. The anus? No. The colon. <laughs> That's not incorrect. <laughs> gets small in, like the anus, but in a different area, and then it gets back up. So you have this, basically... If you put a, a well, you put <laughs> a sure. rubber band around a hose, you make one yeah. part smaller, it's going to get stuck yeah. there a little bit. So it happens in your colon, it backs up. 
widens the space and you get what's called megacolon. They're constipated all the time because they only poop like little ropes. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm getting little off. ropes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, I haven't pooped in a month. Do you think yeah. I might have this? <laughs> well, it's amazing because you never know it's gonna be there. That's one of my favorite things is when you open up someone's abdomen, you never know what's gonna be there. Yeah. There could be a megacolon. There could be a mega liver, like we saw in this one woman. She mm -hmm. was about five five very petite we opened up her abdomen and the students called us over and we're like hey we can't find anything and i said that's weird so i walked there should her. be something there in, should there. Be things <laughs> in there and they're like no it's just gray and i'm like well that's just wrong you guys are so bad at dissecting and i walked over and i'm kidding i love my students i walked over and they were totally correct totally gray the entire abdomen they made a slice down from the ribs to basically the pubis and it was just all gray. And oh. I was like, that's really weird. This massive colon? It was a massive liver. It oh, was oh. cancer. So when cancer, the liver regenerates. Yeah. So when cancer gets into the liver, it, you know, grows and takes up liver tissue. So that liver tissue just lost function. So to make up for the function, the liver goes, oh, shoot, we lost function. Let's regenerate a little bit. Oh. Get a little bigger. <laughs> so then cancer grows. And then the same thing happens, and it compounds on mm. itself. And so what happened to her is she actually died from lung cancer, metastasized in her liver, and her liver just grew to the size of her entire torso. Really? All of her other organs, this is my favorite part, accommodated, and just, like, shoved themselves up underneath it, and we're in this little package really? underneath. It was incredible. Do you think we that was, like, a lot of pain, I guess? I mean... I have no idea how that would be as a human being, because... Mm -hmm. She didn't die from it. Yeah. I'm sure they knew if she was getting health care at all, because that's a whole other right. thing. Was she getting treated? Because if you have cancer that bad, I don't know. You should be heavily treated. But maybe, I mean, sometimes it just depends on the cancer. If it's already too far gone, people don't want to go through chemo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Have the best of end of life that they can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. End life with a mega liver. Right. And mega colon. Uh, that would be a good movie. Mega colon versus mega shark. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Yeah. So let's talk about um, your creation. You got a little little art project going on. You want to describe <laughs> say it? The least. Well, we'll say it's more of a movement. <laughs> um, and it, it have to credit uh, where credit is due. This is me and another person who I used to work with, who I'm very good friends with. Um, we made it together because we both teach anatomy. Uh, and we were in lab one day, and there's genitalia. I'm sorry, people. It's on everyone. Uh, you can't get rid of it. Well, this is can. a Christian broadcast, so <laughs> yeah. you're going to have to say no-no bits yeah. instead right, of genitalia, so please. Everyone has a pee-pee and a pee-pee. Uh, no, so we went into our genitalia lab, and they're supposed to dissect down to the erectile tissue. It's very easy in males, usually. Not always. Um, and it's a little bit more difficult in females because everything for a female is underneath skin except for a little, little part. Um, and we were with a bunch of medical students, uh, and we found out from going to a table full of girls and then a table full of boys, and I was at the table full of boys, and they're like, we don't know where the clitoris is, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Mythical. <laughs> ha ha. And they were like, no, really, we can't find it. And I was just joking with my friend. And I was like, hey, they can't find the clitoris. And he goes, I was just at a table of all girls. They couldn't find it either. <laughs> and I said, that's a problem. 
Um, so we went back into a lab and sculpted a clitoris. So I sculpt, he loves glitter. <laughs> and so we sculpted Great this combination. clitoris. Yeah, it's going to work Classic. really well. Um, and everyone thinks I'm the one that added the glitter, but it was him. Uh, so we sculpted it, made a mold out of it, and then poured an epoxy, which is basically a plastic, added some glitter, or a lot of glitter, uh, and some pigment, and made the glitterous. And it was originally designed for teaching. A teaching aid, right? <laughs> Out of frustration. You can be honest here at this podcast. <laughs> um, because we took it back into the lab, and we taught with it, and everyone did really well on that exam in the genitalia section, so we were really proud of that. Um, but then we started to realize that like no one knows what the clitoris is, really. Um, and so a lot of people and anatomists perpetuated this as well, where they just decided it wasn't a thing. There was a point in history when if they found a clitoris on a woman, they thought that she was a pseudo-male, and they would cut it out <laughs> to protect her. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, happened for years, and thank goodness it doesn't happen anymore. But I think the thing that people don't realize is it comes from the same structure. So the reason we made it is to show people it's a tiny penis. Like, it's just small. It's under the skin. Yeah. And We're looking at it right now. Yeah. It just looks like it's got tons of penis envy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the difference, though. The envy should be reversed because you guys have a urethra, through yours, which means you can't have as much sensation because every time you peed, that would be a problem. Or a or a or a blessing. Yeah, a little prayer to God. You guys would never stop drinking water. Men are the most hydrated people in the world. Um, but they, the clitoris, actually, the glands, which is the part people know about, the button, whatever you want to call it, the bean. The bean. Um, <laughs> I hate that one. Uh, that part is just the tip. So if you can imagine a male's penis, the tip of it, the part that looks like it's a little hat. That is actually the portion like a bowler that you're hat. seeing. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a little 1920s uh, Irishman. He's fancy. Yeah. Um, so that's the part you see. Everything else, the same parts of the penis, same parts of the clitoris. The clitoris is just under the skin. So uh, I like to tell people the scrotum, the hair-bearing scrotum, is basically analogous, which means it's the equal partner to the labia majora so that's where everything's hiding is under the labia um yeah so we just wanted to kind of notify people that hey uh you have a tiny penis because we want everybody to know yeah that's good to know and uh what's your plan long term with the uh the glitterati as you call them yeah when there's more than one in a space they're glitterati um <laughs> plural uh we've made lots of other things so we also make brains we make knees we make any organ, really. Um, I can sculpt it, and then we'll make a mold of it and make it into something. But recently we started, we did get a little obsessed with glitterises. Um, and so we made a glitterous Maximus, which is about a the mega size glitterous? of a grapefruit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a mega glitterous, uh, and we put lights in it. So it lights up. It has nine light settings, mm -hmm. uh, and you can <laughs> rave with it. You can put yeah. it on your Christmas tree. I mean, you can do whatever you want. And you said you make stop-motion movies or, and stuff, right? With uh, yes. animation, right? Yes, I used to do that. All right, yeah. mega colon versus mega glitterous. I can make <laughs> <it>. <laughs> That'll be the uh, scientific movie of yeah. the year. Oh, what I was going to say. I forgot to say it. 
So, clitoris tip. The tip of the clitoris has around 8,000 nerve endings. Yeah. The tip of the penis only has 4,000. All right. And the tip of the clitoris, that's where the devil lives, right? That is yeah, where, where Satan, Satan is. resides. Yeah. <laughs> well, the entire area, so it's innervated by this nerve called pudendal nerve. Well, pudendal nerve literally translates to to be ashamed nerve. Really? So they named the area the pudendum because they were supposed to be ashamed of it. Right. So it's an, an interesting little historical fact. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Probably um, the only history I know. Because really, I mean, like, the idea of women enjoying sex or having an orgasm is, like, not that old of an idea, right? That right. That's well, they thought women couldn't. Like, even Victorian times, right? Wasn't yeah. it, like, a sign of mental insanity or something mm-hmm. that women were, like, sex-craved yep. or something like that's that? That's usually when they cut it out, too. Okay. If they investigated it. Um, would that be when the baby was born and they saw, like, a noticeable clitoris that they would cut it out? Like, or later in life? Well, or? there's a spectrum. So, because they come from literally the same structure, I mean, at, I think, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I think it's at seven weeks, you're indifferent. So, ten weeks, you start to differentiate. In the womb, right? Yeah, you're yeah. a fetus. And you're, at seven weeks as a fetus, you have both essentially you could become either now it's totally determined by your chromosomes you have an x or y but then Mm -hmm. that's even some shady business because the gene on the y chromosome if it gets messed up if it gets translocated it gets basically goes missing uh you might not develop male because that gene didn't express so there's this whole gray area of spectrum in sex definition because you could be 98 percent quote-unquote male and 2% female. I mean, it's there's such a spectrum, mm-hmm. which is the same thing with the clitoris when developing because the penis and clitoris are the same thing. Just one expressed androgens created the male phallus, one didn't create the female stuff. That's the only difference. So you can get a spectrum of that where you have what's literally <laughs> called a mega clitoris is a real thing, um, where it's just a little larger. It looks like a micro penis, which mm-hmm. is kind of the reverse of that. So it's totally on a spectrum. Hmm. Interesting. And what other ways does that express, I guess, other than does it ex- uh, change, like, hormonal levels or something? Oh, heck, yeah. Like, it's, does that change different aspects of maybe, like, brain chemistry or other parts of your body? Absolutely. So yeah. it totally depends where it happens, when it happens, and what exactly happened, yeah. um, which was just a lot of worries. Mine happened yesterday. Yeah? <laughs> 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 uh, so, like, it could happen chromosomally. Happen phenotypically, which basically means what do they look like. So you can have androgen insensitivity. So you can be a man that's not sensitive to androgens. So the receptors didn't know that you had them. So you didn't develop that way. Hmm. So you can get testes inside of labia. You can get yeah, you can get everything. It's kind of incredible. And could that be like when puberty hits that you start developing like secondary sex characteristics of the opposite gender? Exactly. And sometimes they actually get confused. And they, if you just look at phenotype, you can get it wrong. Yeah. Um, And the the disease I got kind of interested in, it's not really a disease. It's a developmental disorder, or they call it a disorder. It's very hard in this day and age to say anything. Um, So. I don't mean it in a negative sense, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Objective, Objective. fact-based description. So there's this thing called persistent malarian duct syndrome. So the malarian duct is essentially the uterus. We'll call it that. So the uterus comes from what's called the malarian duct. The wolfian duct is essentially the internal structures of the male. Are those named after the people who 
Like, did the research Pretty on this sure. or something? Okay. One of them's German. Had a little Wolf. umlaut. Oof. Oof. Malarian. Oh, Malarian. So, both structures exist inside of your pelvis. So, you got both to start. Mm-hmm. And then in the presence of anti-malarian hormone, you'll get rid of the uterus. Now, if you're not hmm. sensitive to anti-malarian hormone... What do you mean when you say you get rid of the uterus? So like, it literally, does it absorb somewhere? It literally does that. Okay. It gets rid of it. it. It washes it out of your body. It's like, nope, this is not what I want here. We're going to continue to develop this one. Not yeah. going to develop this one. So the default is female. Because without anti-malarian hormone, you become a female. Hmm. Wolfian goes away. Mm-hmm. So when you have an insensitivity or you don't have the hormone at all, you're not producing it, who knows, uh, then you can get persistence of the female system and it stays inside your body. It doesn't do anything. It just sits in there. Sometimes that's why men have undescended testes because they get stuck near mm-hmm. the uterus because your testes actually come from your abdomen and they descend yeah. through your entire body right. and out into the scrotum. So if they get stuck, let's say, in some mesentery, which is like this... Uh, connected tissue around your uterus and they get stuck in there, get suspended they can't get out. Sometimes they do actually descend, but they'll descend with the fallopian tube and men will have this for their entire life, have a lump form, 70 years old I read a couple of papers about people that are up in their 70s finding this out they go get an ultrasound no one expects to find a uterus yeah. so they don't look for it so you can literally go through your entire life, get scanned, do whatever, they never see it until you have a problem. Right. And what they've started to think about, they think this is why. So all of those uteruses that get left in there become cancerous. Okay. Just a matter of time kind of thing? It's usually a matter of time. It's usually later in life, but that's why they find them. They're Are like, they like undernourished or something because they're, they're non-functional, right? So they don't get oxygen and blood. There's non-functional, or... but the, the other thing is if you think about, so everything that develops in an embryo starts from stem cell, essentially. So a stem cell can become anything. Mm-hmm. So you have this stem cell that essentially doesn't know what to do. So it's just going to divide. Okay. So it just divides and divides mm-hmm. and divides, and it has no purpose, so it becomes cancerous. Because okay. cancer is basically you dividing too much yeah. with no purpose. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to steal blood supply and all that other stuff. Right. And then it starts being a problem elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's how they find them, usually. So I like to walk around and tell men... That you could have a uterus. You ever found any bodies with that in it? I haven't seen any okay. yet. Okay. So it's pretty uncommon? It's very uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was more common. <laughs> I'm kidding. I yeah. don't wish How many of our, our listeners do you think have that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ballpark. Ballpark figure. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Statistically, you, the listener, right now, have a uterus inside your body. <laughs> yeah, that's why ultrasound's so cool. Yeah. So what happens if, if, like, the testicles never, like, drop or descend? Uh, sperm are very weak. I tell all my students this. Um, and it's not a, it's not a dig. It's just, it's the truth. Like, the sperm when you ejaculate are weak sperm because of that? Sperm, in or general, at growing okay. are, are very temperamental, we'll say. Very needy. They're very high maintenance. Yeah. Temperamental, like, temperature? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're incredibly high maintenance. A cold day. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know? So when they descend... And if it, everything goes according to plan, and they descend, they switch places with your kidneys, essentially. Your kidneys go up, testes go down, and they get out of the body. They have to be kept at a very specific temperature. Because uh, if they're not, they will not divide and become sperm. They won't do it. If they get left in an environment, and this is like cryptorchidism, is when you have an undescended testy, uh, and it gets stuck in the abdomen or somewhere warm, 
you'll become sterile. So oh, there's yeah. a high, high risk. Well, that's why testicles are external anyway. They need a lower temperature than they your 98 degree temperature. They need a lower temperature, but not body. too low. Yeah. Because when they get too low, that's why when they descend through the body, they go through all of the layers yeah. of your abdominal wall. So there's mm -hmm. a little bit of muscle in there. Yeah. What, what pushes them through? How do they, like, escape without some kind of, like, hernia action? So it's a, it's, it's called the gubernaculum. You guys get all the fun words. Um, <laughs> and the gubernaculum is this kind of gelatinous ligament, they say, kind of thing. And it is anchored. In the womb, right? This is in the womb? Uh, you still have a remnant of it in your testes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's anchored to the bottom. You can imagine if someone's pulling down on something, it basically pulls. It's attached to the scrotum, which is really scrotolabial swellings because they haven't differentiated yet. Because mm. the uh, testes are basically just gonads. Because at this point in time, they're inside of your body. If you haven't differentiated yet... They could be an ovary or they could be a testy. Same thing. Well, what age do your testicles drop? Isn't it after you're born? And don't, like, girl babies uh, already have? Your testes should drop before you are born. And if they aren't, they'll manipulate them out. Oh, like doctors will you mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if they're in that temperature too long, you get two things. You get a higher incidence of sterility. Yeah. And then you get a higher incidence of cancer. Okay. How do it they finagle them out like, if they're not... They oh. man manually manipulate them. And if the gubernaculum yeah. is too short with their hands... They sweet-talk them? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, little buddies. Yeah. Come you on. Do it. You can do it. They don't like to open up children. You don't want to yeah. dissect uh, or do surgery on a child as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, they'll manually grab them out because oh, you wow. have a hole. Uh -huh. You have a hole that's created from the descent because the gubernaculum pulls the testes down as uh, it shortens. Mm -hmm. So it starts to shorten, it brings everything down and into the scrotum. So you have this little ligament at the bottom of your testes. Why you can't move your balls all the way around? It's because they're stuck to the bottom. Mm -hmm. You guys can try this at home. See if you <laughs> can move your testicles all the way around. You can't. They're stuck to the bottom. Um, and that's because of the gubernaculum. Interesting. Yeah, so you want to manually manipulate them out. Um, but sperm aren't even functional when they're in your testes. They're still growing. Mm -hmm. So they have to go through this entire series of tubes, and along their journey, which I like to call the sperm journey, uh, they Isn't develop... Isn't this a puberty thing, though? I mean, are babies really producing so, sperm? I thought that's no, only... it's at puberty that you guys start to produce, Yeah. because you have your hormones mm -hmm. in check. Um, but what actually, anytime, anytime you ejaculate, let's talk about ejaculation. Anytime... Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to talk about ejaculation? Yeah. Anytime you are going to ejaculate, you've created sperm. Mm -hmm. They've gone through your vas deferens, which goes back up through that same hole they descended out of mm -hmm. and goes to the back of your bladder where your seminal vesicles are. Seminal vesicles basically give sperm spermerade, which is like a Gatorade version for sperm. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that a real scientific term, spermerade? The spermerade is coined by me. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's like, we're um, going to need another uh, little model but of it. Uh... Is, it is fructose, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's a sugar. It's just a sugar. Mm -hmm. um, and it gives them energy. Because at that point in time, the whole way through your vas deferens, uh, they can't swim. Mm -hmm. They have tails. They're non-functional. They don't have any energy. They don't have energy? They're very tired. Um, and so they get terrorists. So, hard work being a sperm. <laughs> yeah, hard work. <laughs> Apparently. No, it's not. Everyone helps you. So <laughs> they, like, get shuttled by peristalsis, so smooth muscle contraction pushes them towards the seminal vesicle. They get their seminal fluid. They drink their spermerade. Now they got all this energy. They start wagging their little tails. Uh, and then the prostate's like, happy here, to see ya. let me give yeah. you some liquid so that when you get into the 
horrific environment of the acidic vagina, you don't die because your whole life you're just trying to get in there and the, the vagina is designed to kill sperm. It's amazing how we get pregnant so much because it is designed, it's acidic environment. Sperm are given little tools the whole way. They have now, a little Is it to kill cap. sperm specifically or just bacteria and sperm have to evolve a way it to kind of live in that environment? most likely to kill bacteria. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way we like to describe it is that, it, I mean, they had to adapt because otherwise they, we wouldn't yeah. have any children. Mm -hmm. um, they have the little cap to keep them safe. They literally wear a hat. Um, it's, <laughs> I love literally, it. I think it's literally hilarious. <laughs> uh, they have little tools. Um, uh -huh. and so when they, the prostate gives them fluids, so they have more fluid, they can create stickiness. Otherwise they just fall out. Like they have a lot of problems and they need a lot of help, uh, to actually get to an egg. And then when they get there, they fight for one egg, which I think is gross. They actually fight each other? Well, they don't fight. They're, they're in a race. It is a real race. When you find the egg and you want to fertilize it. There's like thousands of sperm. Mm -hmm. There's at least, I think, it, I, I'm going to mention Thousands or like millions? There's millions of sperm at the start, but I tell you, they start to die very quickly <laughs> when they enter the vagina. So the, it's literally killing them off. The weak ones are dead. Although some of the weird ones still get there. We don't know how. Um, but it, it's survival. So can you get to the tube? Are you getting lost on your way? Because they don't have brains. They mm -hmm. do get lost and just end up dying somewhere. Um, but if you can make it down the tube, uh, then you're then you're in a race for the egg. So you start to burrow. It's kind of gross, I think. They start to literally burrow using that cap, because the cap has chemicals in it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to reach this zone around the egg. And when they break through the zone, they use their acrosomal cap, it's called. And it dissolves this sort of barrier, let's say, from the actual ova and the sperm. The moment that happens, it's called the zona reaction. The egg changes conformationally and does not allow any more sperm in. Because when you get more than one sperm in, you get it's called polyspermy or dichromy. So you have too many chromosomes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. So there's like this whole reaction that happens to keep the others out. So really only one of your guys, one of your two million makes it in that horrible environment after all that assistance kind of a crazy thing yeah any hope it's not a weird one <laughs> better hope it's not right, a weird yeah. one no uh do you know much about how sexual reproduction got started evolutionarily because i, I mean it started because it, it makes healthier babies when you're taking different uh, genetics from two different sources and you're not replicating the same dna well, it makes it more likely right? you'll have a mutation that's beneficial to your environment right yeah and it's all right yeah and it's a better immune chance. system right it, yeah like you have uh yeah do you have any idea how that got started I don't. I okay. wasn't there. <laughs> I wish I knew. I don't know a lot about evolutionary biology. Right. Um, you just cut things open. I just cut them open. You don't ask the questions. Yeah, once they've lived. <laughs> just like to see okay. the insides. Well, a real podcast would investigate this and talk about it, but we're, we will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just let that yeah. question go. Do your own research. And on that note, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right, uh, any other uh, kind of epiphanies you've had from uh, your anatomy labs? Um, I've learned that a lot of what you were taught in sex ed is a lie. Um, if like you what? have sex, you get chlamydia and die? No, that one's true. Okay. 100% <laughs> kill rate. 100%. Chlamydia is just killing everyone. Chlamydia is actually one of the easiest diseases to cure. So if you have chlamydia, please go get checked. 
they can cure it quite easily. And they'll cure your gonorrhea for free. They treat both at the same time. And throw one in free? Throw yeah. one in for free. Especially if you have syphilis, go right. get checked. Syphilis is incredible. Syphilis doesn't even show up, really. So you yeah. have, like, a canker. You okay. don't know you slept with someone that had syphilis. They've passed it to you. You get a canker. That's stage one. That's it. It's painless. You don't even notice it. Then it goes dormant. You might get a rash. You might not. And then when it reaches, like, three, stage three, stage four, you start to lose your extremities because it gets well, into your yeah. nervous system and it starts to kill off your, like, basically your... Your soft tissues. More distal nerves. So no, it's yeah. killing the nerves. You when you kill too. the nerve, you kill. I don't know if you ever seen pictures, but people's like nose is just. It's why off. they used to do that surgery where they'll take a piece mm -hmm. of your skin and they'll actually attach it back onto yeah. your face, and you see the patients that have their hand on their head and their elbow. Yeah, their arms in a sling, and, and yep. it's right next to their and face. It's to grow back the tissue of their nose because yeah. they've lost that tissue. The well, nose. The penis, uh -huh. the extremities, essentially. Well, it starts taking your bones too, right? In stage well, four. Well, because oh, nerves good photos, are everywhere. Like yeah. yeah, see, people uh, like missing chunks. Yeah, of their look skull. up syphilis bad symptoms and go to <laughs> Google so, Images. If you sleep with somebody and you don't wow. know them at all, maybe just go get checked so you don't have syphilis because you will get syphilis one, yeah. and die. Ooh. But it is easy to cure, right? Once it if is they know. incredibly easy to cure. It's penicillin. That's it. Yeah, but after you start losing body parts, is it too late or well, is it still you, curable? You, you should know by then, though, yeah, that you, you have something still, wrong with you. That's the problem with syphilis is that they don't know until it gets extreme, yeah. usually. Okay. But if you get tested, you can find out yeah. early. Now, herpes, everybody has herpes pretty much, right? Pretty much. Probably everyone listening right now has some form of herpes. Well, and the thing is, people associate herpes with genital herpes. And that's the only one they think about. Or mouth herpes because they have a canker sore. Mm -hmm. um, they're all different strains of the same yeah. thing. So like herpes zoster is actually what's called shingles, which is the reoccurrence of chickenpox. Okay. That's a herpes virus. But herpes, the genital version, is a different virus. And so you can have herpes and it not be genital herpes. Mm -hmm. okay. But a lot of people don't know that that exists. Right. Okay. Got a lot of questions about herpes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You, you got some Maybe after uh, the podcast, you want to take a look at something real quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't worry. Yeah. We'll have a lot of sidebars when yeah. we're done. <laughs> Looking at the simplest photos, actually, it's uh, very familiar. <laughs> I have some questions. Where can you get penicillin? <laughs> right. um, um, yeah. Yeah. On. So there's just a lot of things they teach you that I think are wrong. <laughs> Anything else? Any other big hoaxes or. Um, misconceptions how news. about this you tell me what the hymen is um that is a piece of skin or something uh like a membrane covering in the vagina but uh, a lot of people think it only comes off of sex but you can break it like horseback riding or sports and stuff like that so, so it's the bad months. test of uh, uh virginity right is it a like covers the vagina kind of thing uh not completely right so what, what describe to me the shape of it I don't know, like a circle with a hole in the middle of it or okay. something? So this is a fundamental issue with everyone, I think. So I just found this out two years ago. That's And I work in this field. So the hymen, hymen itself is just the outside of the vagina. Okay. There's no membrane. If there's a membrane, it's actually a problem. Mm. That's a developmental issue. There should not be a membrane right. there. Because if you think about it, if you cut off the vagina... You've put a little stopper in it, essentially. That girl can't have her period. 
Yeah. Mm. So that has nothing to do with virginity. She's literally never going to bleed until you get rid of that membrane. So what does it do? Fill up with blood? Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's very... Medical problem? Um, Probably going to really quickly turn into a problem, right? Yeah, it turns into quite a problem with their menstruating. Um, but, so, that's why historically it's a problem because they used to think it was virginity, but the hymen shouldn't be a membrane. If you have a membrane, the reason people bleed is because you stretched out a hole that's never been stretched out, and there's capillaries at very small levels. That's why you're going to have blood. So that's interesting. So when they do, like, virginity checks, like, T.I. just made news for, like taking his teenage doc- daughter personally to the ob guy to check yeah, her hymen. You, yeah, you can't check. Up. There's no way to check. I mean, you could... If you were creepy and you measured your child's vagina and then she had sex right. and you measured it again, you might get, like, centimeter, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. It'll be stretchier. But how are you really supposed to yeah. judge that? Um, so think about all the centuries of that, you know, whether there was blood on the bride's oh, yeah. wedding sheets, was whether she was a whore or not. Yeah, exactly. Completely just made up oh, hoax. Uh, well, and even today, people still talk about popping the cherry mm-hmm. and, like, breaking yeah. that seal, and there is no seal. So what is that, then? You're just basically not being gentle having sex the first time? If you actually bleed, that well, you're just not taking the time to kind of, like, stretch it out in a healthier way? I think part of it is the fact that the vagina is collapsed. When there's nothing in it. Yeah. And so it's been collapsed. It's never had anything uh, inside of it. And all of a sudden you stretch that hole. Right. Which you stretch some skin yeah. that wasn't supposed to stretch that far yeah. at that point. But a lot of girls, you know, I guess you do masturbation, right? You're stretching it. So it might not so be an here's, issue. So here's the difference. So it depends how they're masturbating. Right. Because if you're using a dildo, maybe. Then she's probably not going to bleed the mm-hmm. first time. But for most women, and this is totally an opinion, and I can be argued with, vaginal stimulation is, like, not a lot. It's mostly external clitoral Yeah, most orgasms come from the clitoris. Right, Right. and the clitoris, and this is why we made these, the clitoris wraps around the vagina. Mm -hmm. That is why you get a vaginal orgasm. We should just put a picture of this as like the thumbnail. The clitoris literally has vestibular bulbs. They're called, they look like testicles. They're not testicles. And then it has creases. They're wannabe testicles. (laughs) They're wannabe testicles. It has legs. Penis has Mm -hmm. the same stuff. It's just in one well, yeah, because it looks like there's like a tiny micro penis, and behind the the base so, of the penis, there's like two wings coming down, and the then two balls underneath too. those two wings. Yeah. The penis has that too. The penis is a clitoris <clears throat> that is enlarged and also in one piece. The mm-hmm. clitoris has been split in half to make room for the vagina, the mm-hmm. vaginal canal. Which so, goes between these two wings. So yeah. Do you think that evolved just to make, like, I guess, you know, like a vaginal sex more, uh, like, make women want to have vaginal sex if part of the clitoris is wrapped around it to make it a more pleasurable thing to maybe, you know, make people reproduce more? I don't think so. I think no? that okay. evolutionarily it just makes more sense because you need an exit. So you need an exit for the baby. Essentially, yeah. women are designed, and this is going to get me in trouble. To make children. We are designed that way. We have eggs inside of our body. Yeah. Gross. Um, and then <laughs> we have an organ that is yeah. designed to host that egg and grow that child. Okay. Um, so I think that the, it's just, the clitoris is almost in the way. It doesn't have a purpose in the sense that But wouldn't it, it incentivize women to have more sex because they like it as opposed, it. would it have to be so big? 
Couldn't it just be smaller if it had no... Well, the smallness of it actually makes our nerves more condensed, so we have a, some mm -hmm. people argue, a better orgasm. Mm -hmm. um, and we have no refractory period, right. so... It is the only body part on any, either sex, right? Yeah. That is uh, purely for mm -hmm. sexual purely gratification. For pleasure. pleasure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the only body part that exists like that. But the penis has the exact same structure. I should make that clear. Mm -hmm. Exact same structure. Yeah. Both of them have little legs. They look like they're running. Right. And then like big old testicles in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're not testicles. Just men aren't hysterical. <laughs> Twenty four seven <laughs> yes. like women. Yes. They can keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, very interesting. Um, how long is that podcast going? Forty four minutes. Forty four minutes. Um, so, uh, let's talk about a, a more controversial topic, squirting. Do you have any, uh, knowledge for our readers or our listeners our about readers? squirting? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and our readers. Yeah. We don't want to forget our readers. Um, yeah, so I think squirting is interesting. Uh, a lot of people believe that it is urine, uh, and it's actually not urine, but I get why people think it's urine. So, no, women do not pee during sex. Now... I will say this, maybe some do, I just don't know. If they're um, into it. <laughs> if you're into that stuff, you know, whatever. Everybody can do their own thing. But No kink uh, shaming. Yeah. yeah. So they say, kink shaming. <laughs> no kink shaming. So what squirting actually is, if she does squirt, there are two little holes at the base of the opening of the urethra. Those are holes to a gland called the Skeen's gland. It's become more well-known recently. Um, so the skein's gland is actually the thing that is excreting, so squirting. So it is skein's fluid, which is still being studied today because we don't know what it is. Oh, do men have that at all? Um, so for a while they thought that it was like the male prostate, essentially okay. it was the female prostate. So men secrete prostatic fluid, but that's for sperm. And why would women need something for sperm? But yeah. what they found... So for a while, they called it the female prostate. Now, they actually found out that there are antimicrobial factors. So mm. potentially, that's to prevent a UTI. The squirting? Sex. Yeah. That's interesting. But most women, it's not all women do that, right? Is it? Uh, not how, all women do it. And it's it, not all women all the time either. So yeah. you, if you're a squirter, you might squirt once and never again. Okay. It just depends. Right. Um, and that's why they don't know a lot about it. That's one of my favorite things about anatomy, is they still don't still know discovering a lot of things. Stuff. Yeah. Now, when you say prostatic uh, fluid, mm -hmm. what, like, the prostate does other things than that, right? It, does that, what, what, I don't even know what a prostate does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the prostate... Talk to me like I'm a dumb fifth grader who knows nothing. The prostate... Or one of your first year medical students, right? Yeah. <laughs> The function of the prostate is essentially to provide uh, volume to the sperm as well as alkalinity. So if you think about this, the prostatic fluid, if I want to keep my sperm alive and they don't do very well with acid. Which is what the vagina is. Like what the vagina is made level, of and right? also what is urine made of. And yeah, you guys yeah, use the acid. same tube. Mm -hmm. So you have very acidic urine going into a tube where you're trying to excrete sperm without killing them. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. So you secrete fluid into that tube to neutralize it. Oh. And so the, the prostate provides alkaline fluid around the sperm, and then what's called your cowper's glands actually secrete uh, 
basically alkaline fluid into the tube itself. So okay. that's your pre pre cum. Yeah. Essentially, it's made up of fluid to neutralize the to urine. clean up the urethra. Yeah, clean oh, it so out. Oh, so that's actually a pretty smart like yeah. adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. very smart. Now my urine is green. What does that mean? I <laughs> <laughs> mean you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, is the prostate big? I for some reason in my okay. head I always imagined it being like a big size, it but I still s- never really knew. <laughs> it's the size of a walnut. Okay. So like uh, small, small like a golf ball size or smaller? Uh, smaller than a golf ball. Do you okay. know how big a walnut? Is? <laughs> not 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 particular. I'm gonna need another. Uh, gonna need another. Uh, it's like comparison. more ping pong. Ping pong ball? Okay. For some reason, I always imagined it just like a big, like, I don't know, apple size or something. No, that would be a bad thing. So your prostate that's goes... A, if it's a large... Why did you imagine that that way? Just... <laughs> Why were you imagining Pure it ignorance. Oh, you know, just, uh, you know, as a kid in school, they got it on the line. <laughs> uh, so the prostate, if it was enlarged like that, the problem with it is your male bladder prostate sits right underneath it, around the mm-hmm. urethra literally around it so your urethra goes through your prostate if you have an enlarged prostate whether it's cancer or just benign prostatic hyperplasia which literally means no reason not a cancer but we're dividing a lot and getting really big Mm. um that happens in men have you've seen the commercials i'm sure going all the time having trouble going (laughs) that's prostate problems so Mm -hmm. that's an enlarged prostate Mm -hmm. they used to do so it's going to cause problems with your urination but they used kind to of like do push against the it closes tubes, it it so can you, close yeah. it because uh, your urethra is collapsible so okay it's not a great thing yeah <laughs> now when i pee it burns really bad is <laughs> that another problem it's green and it burns so really syphilis, bad we talked about <laughs> yeah. earlier yeah. 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 just kidding um yeah so that's what mm-hmm. your prostate is doing <laughs> right and for the record if your urine burns you should get that checked out because it's probably an std right out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I actually had a doctor when I was going into, like, middle school or high school or something. It was, like, that puberty checkup or whatever. And I remember my doctor saying, <laughs> you, know. That, you know, yeah, you know, he, my doctor literally said that, like, or, yeah, I was going into college because he was telling me that college is the time for experimentation. And he also said, you don't really have to worry about STDs Your unless it starts burning. Yeah, my doctor said this. It was very old and came toward retirement, so I don't know uh, what exactly that was about. But uh, I do remember vividly him saying that. That's an interesting thing to tell someone. He said it was just like poking like right here, I guess, where, uh, what's this, where your... Your bladder? Uh, I guess, I don't know. He was just pointing like, if it hurts here or here, like on either side, you know, then it's you should get it checked out or if it ever burns when you pee. Well, he didn't know any anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess not. I don't, it might not be that he didn't know anatomy. He was just trying to tell a, uh, eight, you know, 17-year-old well, there's, kid there's easy things to remember. there's nothing on the sides of your bladder where he was poking. Right here. Well, I don't know. What, or was he poking? Was it more like an appendix thing if it hurts here or something? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Terrible advice because yeah, now my urine's green and it burns. <laughs> and you haven't seen the doctor. Yeah. yeah. He's still your doctor today. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he told me not to worry about it. He comes out of retirement to see me for every couple months. It tells you you're fine. Yeah. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, it's supposed to burn now. You're old enough. Yeah. Hey, champ. Yeah. How you holding Yeah, he was going to be sport. <laughs> Hey, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, right. that's really bad uh, doctoring, actually. That's a little concerning. Yeah. We try not to make doctors like It that. was the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
Uh, another myth. Let's talk about blue balls. You say it is not real. <laughs> you say it's totally real. Oh, I say it's an excuse to keep having sex. <laughs> but baby, <laughs> um, it just—it doesn't make any logical sense if you think about it. Like if you don't ejaculate, let's say you're a fourteen-year-old boy in your room and you're doing your thing, like all fourteen-year-old boys comes do, in. and mom comes in. Kills the mood. <laughs> Kills the mood a bit. Uh, you don't ejaculate. Did you ever have pain? Besides mental? <laughs> mental pain, mental <laughs> anguish. Yeah. Um, I can't remember specifically. Are you saying that men's pain isn't real? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Um, but really what, what doesn't make any sense is so there's... You can't control your boners. Agree? Disagree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... You might have a little bit of control... But not But really. very little. But very little. <laughs> very little. Spontaneous boners all throughout puberty. So there's two nervous systems that are functioning when you're doing that. So you have your parasympathetic and your sympathetic. Your sympathetic is your fight or flight. It's everything you do when Instinct, you're scared. right? Can't control. <laughs> well, no. well my, fight, my fight reaction is just giant boner right away. <laughs> Start wielding the thing um, like a weapon. Well, actually, it's your rest and digest that gives you a boner. So your rest para- and digest? Yeah, your parasympathetics are what you do when you rest and digest. So it allows your peristalsis to happen in your guts. allows you to get comfortable enough to have a boner. Now, when your parasympathetics are functioning, you can get a boner. Your sympathetics are actually what takes over when you ejaculate. So we mm. call it point for okay. parasympathetic and shoot for sympathetic. Oh. Um, so that's what you point and shoot. Yeah, which one, like if you're systems. at swim practice and you get a very weird, so here, weirdly timed boner, which one's that? Here's an interesting thing. Let's say, for a scenario, you get a boner, you're very relaxed, maybe you're eating a sandwich, I don't know, and you're walking through the park. I don't know what you guys do. It makes you happy. <laughs> and then you see a tiger. And you get very scared. Now, evolutionarily, you need to run away from the tiger or you need to fight the tiger. <laughs> it's very difficult, and I don't know this from personal experience, because I can't, but I believe that it would be incredibly difficult to run away from a tiger if you have a boner. Have you ever run with a boner? Yeah. I don't think it's difficult. I mean, you just get Your a leg splattered back and forth. <laughs> Doesn't it hurt a little bit? Not really. What do you, how many boners have you had while running? <laughs> what if, you're, if you're wearing like supporting underwear, is that yeah. just like you just right, around no, and tuck it into your waistband and you're yeah. gonna go? Yeah. We're it even feels good. Yeah. Caveman era, caveman era, no boner protection. It's out. I just don't think it hurts. I mean, it would be weird and uncomfortable, or it would be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's e- would you? It would, would throw off agree? your aerodynamics completely. <laughs> this is devolving. Would you? De- would you agree with me? At least. That it'd be easier to run without it. Yeah. It doesn't sure. aid you in running. Right, yeah. No aid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe well, that. I have a pogo stick like adaptation. <laughs> or, uh, for me, it benefits a lot. So if you That's saw... your fastest one of motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you saw a tiger and you're naked and afraid, um, usually As one what does. happens <laughs> As one finds himself You will immediately ejaculate Really? So you're not turned on It has nothing to do with being turned on It's the fact that it's much more evolutionarily advantageous <laughs> To, to ejaculate and run without a boner Because let's say there's two of you one of Is that when you like pee yourself If you're like really scared in a situation or so something? So that's Is the that, same like, a sort of sy- system So you're sympathetic The same ones that make you shoot and ejaculate are the ones that allow you to hold in urine. So it allows you to let it fill. 
You're parasympathetic when you're relaxed, you can pee all day. The okay. thing that happens when you're afraid is there's a little cross wiring. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's imagine, it, basically it's like this. So, pooping and peeing and ejaculating. You're either going to do it immediately and then run, or you're going to hold. So, a lot of people that get scared Wouldn't that just happen when you saw the tiger and thought you might die? Well, and that's the thing. It depends how full you are. How full is your bladder? Is it only a little bit full and you don't need to pee right then? You can hold it. There's space. Mm-hmm. It's not stretching. It's all about stretch receptors, actually. So the amount of stretch that gets communicated back to your brain is going to tell you, you're too full, you're going to pee right now, then we're going to run from the tiger. Just to make you lighter and more comfortable or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's a good yeah. adaptation. Yeah, it's a very good adaptation. Um, yeah. Tigers don't like to eat right. <laughs> shitty people. There's so many tigers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cover yourself in feces and you're less edible. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you will poop yourself yeah. too if it's too full, if your stretch right. receptors... Now, here's another thing that we haven't talked about. Um, The Lord made all of creation (laughs) 6,000 years ago, and everything you're saying right now has been fake all all this time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just a big liar. Um, (laughs) Sorry I ruined your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You've done a good job of just lying for 56 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I think you're a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but blue balls... Blue balls, totally real, folks. Yeah. Totally <laughs> real. Real. You have to keep sleeping with your boyfriend or husband. <laughs> or his testicles will yeah. explode. They'll right. fall off. Yeah, they'll yeah. Totally oh, die. Yeah, lightning round. If you don't use right. it, you lose it. True or false? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any other lightning round questions? Good Any, lightning uh, round. Yeah. yeah. Um, men's brains, bigger? Or smaller? Uh, what percentage? 30? 40? Yeah. <laughs> Actually. 100% bigger. Women's brains are a little smaller. Just, uh, you know, I guess, physically, yeah. Well, no, so within the school. But well, it's like sexual dimorphism. Intelligence is not determined by size. Intelligence, they think, is determined by how many grooves and how deep yeah, and how Yeah, total surface yeah, area. folds of the brain, right? Yeah. Right. Now you've held a brain so, in your hand, right? Yes. Okay. Many. What was it like? They're actually my least favorite part of the body. How come? Because they're boring to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like seeing arteries. I love chasing nerves, so I don't like hate the nervous system. I like doing intricate little dissections. The brain, it's a lump. You just open yeah. the skull and it falls out. It's right there. Yeah. Well, it depends. So sometimes it falls we right have. Out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you have to cut it out because your cranial nerves that come off of your brain and your brain stem mm-hmm. are attached to your eyeballs. They're attached to different parts of your mm-hmm. body, um, mostly in your head. Actually, all in your head and neck except for one. Uh, so What's that one? Uh, the vagus nerve, which is actually the nerve that provides that parasympathetic rest mm. and digest innervation mm-hmm. to the rest of your body, down to one of your colon turns. Um, but... It's it's attached to stuff in there, so you actually have to cut all the cranial nerves to get it to fall out. It doesn't just fall out. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the lymphatic system? I was in college I before I realized that that existed, and it blew my mind that we yeah. had a whole other system of veins and shit yeah. that I didn't, didn't know was in me. It's one of my favorite systems. Um, it's amazing we don't know about it. Or, like, they don't teach it in school. They just teach you you have arteries and veins. One comes from your heart and has <laughs> right. oxygen. Yeah. The other goes back to it and doesn't have oxygen anymore. Yeah. 
Well, in truth, at the capillary level, the smallest version of those things, it's like networks. Like when you cut your finger, that's what's bleeding. It's usually your capillaries. They're very close to the surface. Um, sometimes, not always. Uh, but that's where a lot of fluid exchange happens. So you're exchanging nutrients fluid with the cells because you need to keep everybody alive. They need to get rid of their waste. It's going to go back and it's going to be filtered. Now, if you think about it, cells are giving back waste, which can be toxins, can be whatever. Um, not like toxins is in that whole thing. This is a waste product from cells. Yeah, it's just right? waste products of like metabolism, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, when that gets exchanged, there's a lot of fluid exchange. And most of it does not get picked back up into the venous system. Most of it would sit right outside your cells mm -hmm. if we didn't have our lymph system. So it's like the third part of your circulatory system. Because all that excess fluid and bacteria and all the stuff that we didn't want just is yeah. going to sit there unless you take it away. And so I like to say that the lymph system is like your all-inclusive pansexual system because it lets anybody in. Like, everyone is welcome. Anything can it's come like in. Clean up crew. There's no you, There's no list. Everybody's invited into the club. Now, no here's bouncer. the thing. There are bouncers. Oh, okay. But you just don't know about them yet. Because they start out as lymph capillaries. So mm -hmm. the fluid goes in. It gets taken away from your body. Otherwise, your limbs get very, very large and full of fluid. Um, mm. Which happens when you have a blockage somewhere. But they go to lymph nodes which are basically these little organs that are like beads on a string of this entire lymph system. And when you get there, there's only one way in. So it's a one-way system. There's valves. They don't let you go back. Once you get to the lymph node, you're exiting that lymph node and going to another one. And you're going to take that next one, next one, next one. Um, so when they get to the lymph node, the lymph node has basically your white blood cells in it, lymphocytes. And they're going to kill off and start to clean. So it's a whole filtration system. Mm. It's going to start to make the fluid that went in there that we call lymph fluid now uh, cleaner, less toxic, less bacteria, basically becoming fluid again that so we when could you, use. When you get like the flu or a cold, right, that's bacteria that's in your body and it's reproducing and going through in your... It's a virus or bacteria... Yeah. Um, and if it gets into the lymph system, it's being cleaned by the lymph system and basically either eaten by our phagocytotes, they cytose things, they eat them. Yeah, the white blood cells uh, gang up it on down. it. So there's many it. types of white blood cells, but regardless, they're going to kill things. Mm -hmm. Is the uh, inside of our want. lymphatic system racist with the white cells? Yeah, they hate white cells. No, our white cells are... <laughs> Let's not talk about race. <laughs> uh, the lymphatic system is racist. <laughs> yeah, so they kill everything off. And as you go up the stream of from lymph vessel to lymph node to lymph vessel to lymph node, and you're getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, uh, then you eventually dump back into what's called your uh, jugular angle. So your jugular vein in your neck and your subclavian vein that goes out into your arms that's under your clavicle, subclavian. Where they meet is where all of your lymph dumps back into your body. So all that, that gets swollen then? When doctors check your lymph nodes, that's what they're so checking for swollen. If a lymph something? node is swollen, it means it's actively fighting something off. Okay. So something is being killed in there. When you have a fever, that's you, your brain is essentially sending out a signal, and I won't get into all this stuff about that, but you're producing heat. To just like a microwave, if you left food out, you want to wanna, kill, bacteria, you right? kill bacteria. Yeah, yeah, you boil water to kill bacteria. You boil your yeah. head to kill bacteria. 
Is that something that the heat has gotten higher and higher and our body temperature has risen? To I mean, don't bacteria, when they kind of evolve to have a, uh, re, um, re, like a, defense a defense against that, yeah. heat? Well, that's the constant battle between virus and host mm-hmm. or bacteria and host. Uh, we're all adapting by chance, usually. Right. Um to beat out the other one. And mm-hmm. we, I mean, people are really interested in the microbiome right now because that's one of the symbiotic yeah. relationships between human and bacteria. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're, bacteria have evolved to be resistant been to created. a lot of stuff. Yes, I mean, been <laughs> created. Uh, <laughs> but they've evolved, but so have we. And like, there's extremophiles that couldn't be killed by high heat, but most of the stuff that we interact with can be. Okay. Well, fortunately, um, extremophiles. But it's think like about it this cool. way: so, like, the ones that end up with people in the hospital where mm-hmm. we can't cure them and they die, those are the ones that have adapted, and we can't. Yeah. yeah but then it's a, it's almost a bad virus because if you kill the host, you're not really being a good virus, and you're killing yourself ultimately. Then, right? True. That's very true. So it's. When people die, it does kind of like... <laughs> but if you die and stop fighting, it's going to be a great host, though all you're decomposing, obviously, right? And then well, you can probably you, spread from there. You're kind of getting into what is the purpose of a bacteria. Because mm-hmm. really, that's all they ever do. I guess that could be inadvertent that a bacteria is so good at spreading that it spreads for a while and then it just kills itself. Well, I mean, there's bacteria living in all of us, so aren't yeah. they just that successful bacteria? That well, there's some bacteria that live symbiotic with us, right? It's a balance, though. So right. let's say you take antibiotics, mm-hmm. which this is why they tell you not to take antibiotics unless you really need them, is because when you kill off the bacteria that's harming you actively, you are also killing off the bacteria that lives symbiotically with you in your gut. Right. So you can cause, basically, you cause one strain of bacteria in your gut to overrun the others. And then you can get complications from being on antibiotics. So yeah. if one overgrows, takes over, is a very aggressive bacteria, then you end up with some sort of colon issue. Right. But if um, you need uh, antibiotics, take it the full amount that the doctor recommends. Well, yeah, that's right? the other thing, because you can develop resistance yeah. uh, if you don't. So Do you, you hear that? Listeners, you'll kill the human race if you don't take your antibiotics the full extent you're told to. There's a lot of us, though, so. (laughs) Whose side are you on? The bacteria side? That sounds like a little overpopulation. Yeah. 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 All right. uh, Last question uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, When you're cutting open bodies, have you ever seen a demon come out? (laughs) Again, Um, no knowledge of uh, biochemistry. I'm not allowed to answer that. But I've seen some YouTube videos. Yeah. Have you ever had to do an exorcism on one of the bodies? Have <laughs> <laughs> real quick, calling That's priests. confidential information. Right. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking with us, Chester. And uh, once again, we are Brain Milk, the podcast brought to you by the Halfway Post, the best satire news website in America. Check us out at halfwaypost.com. I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Polk. I'm Chesticles. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>